0: I was going to say that we're going to do something different at fellowship this morning, but if I were to to say that, it would not be wholly true. Because what we're about to do in the next few moments is actually something we generally generally do uh, at the end of a series that we've finished uh, teaching in. We're going to stop, and this morning we're going to pause. And we're going to look back, and we're going to reflect on not just what we've learned, here's the key, but how we have been changed. We're going to think about, did we just get some more information? Hey, I know a lot about Abraham now. Or uh, we're going to reflect and go, how, God, have you changed me? How have you matured me in the faith? How have you grown my faith? Uh, How have you deepened, deepened my hope as we've made this journey with Abraham? If you're new to fellowship, what I'm describing is a time when we actually Talk to one another. It is a time when it's not so much what the teacher says as what some of you will say to us about what God has done and is doing in and through you. I want you to know this is a very biblical practice. You often hear people say, "Well, we need to get back to the New Testament church. We need to be more like that." Well, well, this is a practice that was very common and regular in the New Testament church. I don't want you to turn there. I simply want to read from the book of Hebrews where the writer tells us in Hebrews 10:23 to 25, "Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful." Uh, let, us not hold, let's, let us hold fast our confession of our hope, you see. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. When the, when the early church gathered, it was not always just an apostle or a teacher just teaching. It was a vibrant uh, communal affair and people spoke to each other. We encouraged one another by our words. And uh, that's what we are going to do in our time today. I want you to know that when you share, please hear this, and it's not, it's not about you, it's, it's, it's about the good of the body and the glory of God, but when you share, uh, someone with wavering hope, which there are plenty of us in the room, have our hope strengthened, you see, by hearing what God is doing in your life. So I trust when the Spirit prompts you in a few moments that I, I, I trust you'll say yes. Uh, to share with the rest of us. On uh, April, of 19th, April 19th this past year, we opened our Bibles to the book of Genesis and began a study of Abraham's life from Genesis 12 to 25. Uh, we noted that the, the primary uh, purpose of the story was to show us how God's going to keep his promise Uh, We recognize that the primary principle of the chapters is the nature of biblical faith. Uh, Michael, early on, reminded us uh, that it's it's not just the faith when we first believe, okay? It's not just that there's a point in time when we trust, we believe that what Jesus did, he did for me. see, that's the initial faith of, of, of our salvation. But as we study Abraham's life, we're looking as well at the ongoing faith. You see, we're looking at the faith of every day, every moment life by which we are sanctified, by which we are set apart, by which we mature in our faith. And then last week, Michael ended the series at Genesis 12, 1 through 11. Verse 8 reads like this. Abraham breathed his last and died In a ripe old age, an old man satisfied with life and he was gathered to his people. Satisfied, full, uh, content. No one in this room will escape death. But how many of us will meet death? Satisfied. One way to reflect upon the life of Abraham is to recognize that in his life we see how a person lives such that when they die, they're satisfied. Now, this is going to sound strange, but it's not an exaggeration to say he died happy. What would it look like for us to live in such a way? When my dad passed away earlier this year, I got a ton of time with him in God's great kindness to, to just talk and sit and be over the last year. And I mean, I'd sit and ask my dad, hey, what, what did you think of me when I was a kid? What, what was I like? Hey, tell me about your life. What did you do when you were married and Tell me about your regrets. What do you wish you had done different? I mean, we just, we talked about all of those things. I asked him advice about being a dad, about finishing life. Imagine if we could walk into Abraham's tent. Oh, it'd be musty, (laughs) dark and dank, kind of stuffy, I'm sure. But we got to go in and, and ask Father Abraham, just before he died. Abraham, how do you live in such a way that you end well and you end satisfied? Abraham, uh, how, how, how can I, how do I trust God hmm, when it, it doesn't make sense? How do I trust God uh, when the fact is I'm terrified? I'm scared to. I've got some really good news The Spirit of God actually went in that tent, asked Abraham those questions, so to speak, and we actually have his answer. I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Romans. I want you to go to the book of Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, Abraham is a very difficult time in his life. Um, He uh, is uh, in that critical moment of life when he's struggling to reconcile. Note, his reality, I'm old, we cannot get pregnant with God's promise. God promised that through me would come nations and a nation through whom all the nations of the world would be blessed. He's struggling with that tension. And note what the writer of Romans says, Paul of Abraham, Romans 8, beginning in verse 18. In hope against hope, now let let me interpret that for you. When it didn't make sense, you see, that's in hope against hope, he believed so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. There you have it. Abraham answers the questions we asked. You grow strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully assured that what God has promised, he is able to perform. Think about that outline of Abraham's life. What, what have we studied for, for, for the last 26 weeks? We've studied how Abraham grew strong in faith, We've been studying how he gave glory to God and how over time he became, you see, more convinced that God is able to keep his promise. You see, that just outlines his life. Don't ever forget this. Abraham's faith didn't start strong, did it? Don't ever forget this. Abraham's faith was not without flaws. It was, it was weak, flawed. You know, he, 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 he made mistakes. It, sometimes there was no faith, you see. But over time, as he learned, learned, processed to trust God, he began to trust him more and more fully, what God promises he's able to perform. He lived, as we said earlier in our study, in this tension between his reality. This is hard. This doesn't make sense. I can't. No way. There's no... And God's promise... What I've promised, I will do. What I said I would deliver, I will deliver. And between his reality and the promise of God and this tension and holding both, what did Abraham do? How did he live his life right here? He lived it by faith, and I want you to note, and he lived it worshiping God. Chapter 12 and 13, don't forget, he built three altars right when he got there as he was there and he kept coming back to him why because it's at the altar what did he do he called upon the name of the lord and so as you're looking at me and as you look at this stage i want you to understand you're actually seeing a pretty decent picture of the life of faith we live holding our reality and god's promise and the tension of that and in this place we worship we walk with god we give him glory. Now, before I ask you to write something down in terms of how you're growing or have grown in your own faith, I'm going to give you a very quick review of our study, and I'm going to do it in this way. I'm just going to give you four events in the life of Abraham. I'm just going to grab four. And what I hope is as I grab these four, uh, the Spirit will bring back to your mind the details that go in between and fill in the gaps. Okay, quick review, then I'm going to be asking you to write something down that you have been learning. The first uh, event would be this, the call of Abraham. The call of Abraham. Let's go all the way back to the beginning, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. God calls Abraham. Leave your country, relatives, your father's house, and go to a land that I will give you. Rob Sweet, when he taught that passage, you'll remember he, he said it's like, it's like walking out of a movie and missing the first three minutes. And when you miss the first three minutes, you come back into the movie, and you just kind of figure out the rest of the movie because you don't know exactly what's happening now. That's Genesis 12, 1 to 3, gang. Those three verses, understand the rest of the Bible is God progressively revealing how he is fulfilling that promise to Abraham. And what that, what's that promise about? It's about how he's redeeming, bringing back to himself a fallen humanity. It's how he's delivering on the promise that he made in Genesis 3, that one day a man would be born of a woman who would crush the serpent. This is an oversimplification, but in the sense, and make everything right again. You see, that, that's the promise. How's God doing that? Genesis 12, 1 through three, he makes this promise to Abraham and the rest of the Bible is God fulfilling that promise. Rob described the promise in I think a really wonderful way for us to think about. What God promised Abraham was that through him, would, 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 he would make a people of God in the place of God with access to the presence of God. This is the promise that would come through Abraham. Well well how certain I mean how do we know God's going to keep his promise how did Abraham know God would keep his promise this is the second event the call of Abraham goes to the cutting of the covenant the cutting of the covenant Genesis 15 do you remember this and by the way I am not going to cut this ram wide open like I did those three in those services. But um, in the cutting of the covenant, you remember it was a bloody, spooky, dark scene. You remember this, Genesis 15. And, and God makes, an, makes a covenant with Abraham and it's the way they made covenants in that day. Two leaders of clans would come together and say, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna live together. We're gonna be kind to one another. We're gonna you know, help each other grow. And to promise to do this, we're gonna cut these animals in half. And they split the animals literally in half. Lay, filleted them out. They're laying side, each side, you know, side by side. You remember, he split three animals in half including, and, and probably didn't split the, the birds. Split them in half. And so what you've got is split animals and a pathway between these dead animals that's absolutely covered in blood. And the two leaders would walk between those dead animals and they would say, if either of us don't keep up our end of the bargain, so should we be. And they go through there and they seal, you see, they cut this covenant. Now, the amazing thing about the covenant that God cut with Abraham is that only one party walked through God. Abraham was asleep. Well, this is so significant. Because, you see, God is saying, I will fulfill this covenant. It's on me. Now we go, well, well, wait a minute. I mean, Abraham had to do something. I mean, he, surely he's got his end of the bargain. Listen, Abraham's part of the deal was believe. Wait, wait, wait. No, he had to. D- no, no. Abraham's part, fulfilling his part, was to trust that what God had promised, he would do. Men and women, you see, he's foreshadowing what it means, right? To be saved, to trust Christ, understand the gospel. What do I gotta do? Will we believe that what Jesus has done, he's done for me? Faith, you see that? So the call of Abraham, there's the, the cutting of the covenant, and, and then there's the sacrifice of the son, of course, you know, major, major event in the story of Abraham. It reaches, the story reaches its climax in the sacrifice of Isaac, the promised son. And the question arises out of that text, how can God keep his promise through the promised son if the promised son is dead? This, this, this is like a deal breaker. This is the end of the story, in a sense, is what we sense and feel. Now, in a way I can't explain, but the writer of Hebrews tells us remember we went there. Somehow God had, had opened Abraham's eyes in the, in the spirit to know that Abraham believed God could raise his son from the dead. And yet And so Abraham went, raised the knife, and now he didn't, you know, the, the arm was stayed, right? It was like, "Abra, he stayed, but you see, God knew that Abraham, in his heart, had obeyed the difficult command. Was the ram caught in the thicket, you know, that was the substitute? Ooh, how about all the things going on in that story, the substitute for Isaac? Now, in that story, we found uh, a most difficult and yet life-giving principle of faith. You talk about says easy, lives hard. We talked about here that there's this principle in, in faith that... Faith is letting go of everything but God. And we took our shims and we identified that eagle instinct, right? That we, we hold, it, we just can't let it go. And, you know, Abraham was, hold, was holding to Isaac and Abraham had to let go of that. And so we were learning that lesson and many of us dropped, hmm, dropped the shim in the fire of the altar, the call of Abraham, the cutting of the covenant, the sacrifice of the son, of course, all these other things going on between. But the fourth, uh, the the, the one I want to wrap on is the yes of Rebecca. The yes of Rebecca. You remember the story, it really concludes with with a beautiful retelling of God's providence finding and bringing a wife to Isaac. God's providence, Uh, his most holy, wise, and powerful preserving and governing of all his creatures and all their actions. We read the story and we did it creatively, tried to, you know, and it was this sense of against all, I mean, there's just no way, against all odds, the servant goes. And what does he find? Does he find a needle in a haystack? No, he finds a needle in a hay field. It's just no way it could happen. And yet God in his providence brings this about. We come full circle. Think about this. You come full circle in the story. God calls Abraham. By faith, Abraham does what? He leaves country, relatives, and his father's house. Rebekah. Some hundred years later, Rebecca, will you go with this man? And what does she do? By faith, she leaves country, relatives, and her father's house. Isaac and Rebecca, the promise is being fulfilled. We studied so much more and I hope some of it comes back to you. But I'm going to ask us right now to to take a moment and reflect on uh, what God has been teaching. I want everyone, uh, I'd like everyone to take their program, if you will. Take your program, and I want you to go to the back cover of your program. I, I hope it's blank, or maybe you've written something down, but go to the back cover of your program, and I'm going to ask you to write a statement on the top of that program. And I'm going to ask you to finish the statement. And I know that some of you, and it's okay, you know, some might go, well, look, I can just think it in my head. That's fine, thinking in your head. I will say this. Um, it's a simple fact that something that's in your head, if it, if it moves through your body and you kinetically write it, y- your body engages, I'm just telling you, it, 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 it's, it helps it move from your head to your heart, to your life. That, it, it really does. So write it. Just write, write out this statement for you that you're learning, if you will. I'm going to give it to you a couple times, write it at the top of that program, and then finish it. Here's the statement I'd like you to ponder. I am growing to believe that trusting God makes sense even when it doesn't because... I Write out, I am growing to believe that trusting God makes sense even when it doesn't because... And you don't need to, you know, write a treatise. I, I would just say this, write what, what the Spirit brings to your mind. It might be a sentence. It might be a few sentences, wonderful. It may be some bullet points. You just, it may be a, a, something you remember from the series and a principle or a lesson that, that, that is still residing in your heart. It could be a little brief story of what God, has done, God did and He's just reminding you, I can trust Him. You see that? It be a number of things, but I'm giving you time to sit and write down, I'm growing to believe that trusting God makes sense even when it doesn't because.